Welcome to the Inclusive Business Lab, the podcast where I help entrepreneurs create equitable businesses without the fear and overwhelm of saying or doing the wrong thing. I'm your host, Lakeisha Angelique, an entrepreneur who, just like you, is on a journey to ensure diversity, equity, and inclusion is woven into the fabric of my company's core values. I've spent the last 20 years advocating for underrepresented communities to not only have a seat at the table, but to ensure they had an equitable voice while seated. This podcast is where you'll learn how to start your own journey towards active allyship, tap into the power of inclusion in life and business, and, you know, be a good human. Welcome back to the Inclusive Business Lab. Today, I'm super excited to have our guest, Shannon Kill. She's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. You'll hear me say that over and over again because I just love people. Uh, welcome to the show, Shannon. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so pumped to be here with you. Good, good. Are you ready for the new year? Uh, yeah, actually, we are taking the whole week off after Christmas to go on a very much needed vacation. So that's how we're starting our new year off. So if that's any indication of what 2022 is going to be like for me, I'm here for it. Awesome. Us too. So great minds think alike, which I say that all the time. We're like twin flames. Like we're, we're always on the same (laughs) path and thinking, but I'm so excited again to have you here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so you you already know me pretty well. I do. Listening, uh, I am a personal finance coach or a wealth coach. Um, primarily, what I do is well. Let me start by saying my favorite people to work with are women who have experienced some level of trauma or abuse or poverty, or who are part of a minority group. Um, and who have created a successful business of some sort in spite of what they've had to go through in order to get to that point. Um, so those women are, when they come to me, they're looking to, to build generational wealth. So whether it's for them or for their community or for their children, they're really looking to learn how to make their money work for them in the best way. They're, they're trying to get away from some of those negative habits around money, whether it's overspending or impulse buying, or just generally having a, a not so great relationship with money. Um, and actually coming up with a, a, a plan for them to reach those goals. So whether their goal is to pay off debt or to travel more or to invest in the stock market or to, to have a rental property that's an investment property for them, whatever those goals are, um, my my way of doing things is to create a plan for them to reach those goals, whatever that looks like for them, however that fits into their unique lifestyle. And hence, you can understand why I absolutely love (laughs) all the things in one when it comes down to building generational wealth, breaking uh, trauma, generational trauma, and understanding finances, all the things that we need to create equity in all the spaces that uh, we talk about here on this podcast and in my business as well. So love, love, love had to have her on so we can get dig deep into finances, that trauma and starting to build that generational wealth. How in the world did you get into this field, Shannon? How did you get into finance? Because it is a male dominated field, correct? It, it totally is. Yeah. And it's funny because I 
have always kind of been drawn to more male dominated fields. My, my background is actually in the automotive industry and specifically in warehousing. And both of those things are very male dominated. And then I went from that into the financial field, which is another male dominated industry. And I, I think where that comes from is for me, it was a deep seated trauma around you know, growing up in this environment that women were less than, or, you know, men were more capable and where women are emotional, men are passionate. And so I I actually grew up with a lot of self-loathing in a way, um, because I was taught that men were just better. And so for me, that turned into me trying to mirror whatever the men around me were doing. And so a lot of my interests involved things that were Um, and I'm using air air quotes here, um, things that were more manly or more masculine. And so one of my major interests has always been finance. And uh, another place that that comes from for me is, you know, I grew up poor, had a single mom, like a lot of people can resonate with that story. But for me, how that manifested in adulthood was that I, I wanted to learn how to fix that. I wanted to know how to manage my money. I wanted to know how to make sure that I never ended up in, in the same positions that my mom did and without the resources that she didn't have. You know, I never wanted to go back to that place. And so the, the system that I use now with my clients, it's actually just a, a newer, smoother, more tweaked version of the same system I've been using for myself for the last 11 years. And it really just came from a place of needing to understand how money works. So I created a system for myself. And then I realized a few years ago, like, oh, this is actually a thing that will work for other people. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what led me into finance. It was initially because that was a male dominated industry and that was right up my alley. And I wanted to be the woman to prove everybody wrong and that I could do it just as well as the boys. And then it was also from a place of need and just not ever wanting to, to have the same experience again of, of dealing with poverty or going without or, or not understanding what resources were available to me. So yeah, that's kind of where it came from for me. Yes, that is amazing. And I can attest to the amazing work that you do because you don't know your money trauma until you know your money trauma. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and building a business will wake you right on up to that, starting to try to get financing for your business or if you're self-funding uh, your business, definitely be running crossing paths with you has absolutely changed the course of my life and my business. Um, and it was so easy, I should say. Well, not oh, easy. I love that. <laughs> not That's my easy, goal. But yeah. I mean, it, it's the hard work, but it's those simple things that you need to do that are the hardest. And that's what I talk about here in, you know, the inclusive business lab as well. While it will be, uh, there's simple steps to do, they won't be easy, but well worth it. And it's mm-hmm. just amazing. So what made you start to think, more intentional about um, underrepresented communities and uh, the social uh, justice aspect of your business and incorporating that in there? Why was, why is that important to you? You know, initially it started out and I know we'll get a little bit more into this later about how this has shifted for me, but initially it started out because I found such a need to 
I, I don't know. I, it started out with a passion for anti-racism for me because it seemed like such a no-brainer for me, I guess is the best way to put it. Somebody asked me recently why I was so passionate about anti-racism. And, and I didn't really know how to answer that question because I'm like, why is everybody not passionate about that? You know, it seems like such a it seems like such an obvious thing that people shouldn't be racist. It seems ridiculous to me. Like when I, when I talk to my children about it, they're like, wait, there are people who don't like other people because of the color of their skin. Um, and so the, the fact that a child can understand that, but it's still such a deeply embedded issue. I mean, it, it, it stems all the way through every single branch of our government, um, and, and I know you know all of these things and the people who are listening probably are already, you know, in the know about that. But, but for me, it just, it really started with the anti-racism work because I just didn't understand how this was still such an issue. And the more that I started to dive into it, it's, it starts at a very surface level of like, duh, why would you want to treat someone differently based on the color of their skin to then diving in deeper and realizing that there are entire systems designed to keep people of color down, right? Like we, we consistently redline and um, make it difficult for, for people and especially women of color to receive the sort of resources that they need in order to become successful, in order to build generational wealth. And, you know, as I've, as I've, dove more into DEI work as a whole. Um, I realized just how many blind spots I had. And I think this is one of your questions later. So I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. But um, for me, yeah, it started with the anti-racism work and then it has spread out so much more from there to understanding that we we do the same thing to people with disabilities. You know, we do the same thing really to any marginalized community, right? And there's there's just Absolutely. so much there. So yeah, that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's perfect. And I love the fact that you said um, you just didn't understand and you started delving into it because I, I heart so much on bringing empathy back into ed- the education process and really meeting people where they are in their level of understanding because we don't know what we don't know. And so bringing that to the forefront is the way that we're going to change the way we do business and how we impact. Uh, these systems of oppression, it's going to be the only way. So I absolutely love that you have that foresight now to say, hey, I I just needed, I didn't understand, I sought to understand. And now I can use that information to go forth and, you know, continue to do great things. But it does bring us to like, what what was that moment that shifted in the way in your life that you ran your your business around wanting to have that um, equity-based business model? Um, well, well, real quick, I want to go back to something that you said, um, and then I'll answer your question, but you, you put an emphasis on having empathy in the work that you're doing. And I just want to shout out how impactful that was and what makes your program different from some of the other programs that I've been in, because, you know, for me, I feel like in order to call yourself an active ally, you need to be consistently pursuing this type of work. You need to be finding other programs. You need to be listening to other people's perspectives. Um, And so your your course, your program was not the first program that I have been through like this, but what separates yours from others 
is the amount of empathy and understanding that you bring. There was never an air of judgment. It was always, you, you just really meet people wherever they are in their journey because, you know, the group of women that we had in the cohort, I think it was all women, the group of women that we had in our cohort, it was, it was a very diverse group of women from all over the place in different industries. And everybody had a a different level of understanding and everybody had different challenges. And, and you really were able to somehow meet everybody exactly where they are. And people ask really uncomfortable questions that you would normally be scared to ask because you don't want to be attacked and you don't want to sound like a jerk, you know? Yes. Um, But you created this, this space, this safe space to really have those discussions. Oh, that that makes my heart melt because that's exactly what I was going for. I've I've yes. I've listened to people talk about the trauma that has come from uh, delving into this work and being in spaces that are saying they're teaching anti-racism work or inclusivity, and they come out more traumatized and ready to run away from the work because no, who wants to feel shame, you know? So I, I really appreciate you uh, being an ally, taking on the work and continuing the work and, and just being in my space. I love you. Of course. No, you're, you're stuck with me for life, but you know, and, and here's the thing is that I, I feel like as white people, as white women, it's our job to seek out education. It's our job. It's our charge to do whatever we can. Black people have been doing the work of anti-racism always, right? Like that's your existence. And so it's our job as white allies to continue to seek out understanding. So I can definitely understand where a lot of, a lot of black people who do anti-racism work are just kind of fed up. And so I can, I can understand that saltiness. I can understand where they're just like, they're impatient and they don't have time to, or they don't have the, the mental or emotional capacity anymore to hold space for another white woman asking questions about racism. Right. And so like, as much as I can understand that when you are able to hold space for people when you're able to come with a level of understanding and empathy, that is, that is really life-changing. Not to say that both approaches don't have the ability to be life-changing. It's just that not everybody has thick enough skin to come into those spaces where somebody is just completely fed up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's exactly why the allyship activation program was created. That entry level, it's the basics, getting you comfortable with starting this work and, you know, making that first post or making that first contribution to an organization or finding one. Like, how do I even start? It's, it's, a, it's really overwhelming for people if they're not um, engaged in the work. So I, I definitely appreciate that comment and having people just really get what I'm, I'm trying to do here. Uh, what advice do you have for others just getting started uh, on doing this work if, or if they're still waiting to get started? Um, just just start, honestly. Um, it, it's going to be hard at times. It's going to be very emotional if you're doing it the right way. Um, there's there's just no way to avoid it because at the end of the day, you're you're dealing with you're you're dealing with abuse, you're dealing with trauma, you're dealing with people who have been shunned and othered, you know what I mean? So if you're really doing the work, if you're really putting 
you're all into it, it's going to be hard and it's going to be emotional and you're going to feel overwhelmed. Um, but that's the beauty of having someone like Lakeisha to be able to guide you through that process and to keep you on course and to hold space for you. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, my advice is really just, just to go ahead and get started. Um, and there was another question that you asked that I completely went off on a tangent. So <laughs> I want to go back to that. You, you asked what it was that made it so important for me to, yes. to participate in this program. Um, I, I actually had never considered how important it was for my business to be involved in programs like yours. Mm. Um, it was always just a personal passion of mine. And I, I, where I really started to see a shift and decide that, okay, this is important for my business as well, was, was actually in working with you one-on-one and you reminding me that, hey, you know, if you're going to be working with people on their money trauma and you're going to be specifically wanting to work with with black women or women of color or women who are disabled, it's going to be incredibly important for you to understand the challenges that come along with their existence. So it's for me in the financial realm, the the people who are underserved in one area are often underserved in all areas. And so finance is no exception to that. And if anything, um, finance is one of the worst fields when it comes to um, underserving specific communities. Like it's, it's really kind of built for white men. And, you know, maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's like, sounding too one-sided, but that's, that's kind of the reality of it right now. And so for me, it became incredibly important that if, if I truly want to be able to serve these women at my highest capacity, then I need to be able to understand the struggles that they face. And because I'm not a black woman, I, I can never possibly experience what a black woman or woman of color has experienced. I've never been disabled. And so I can't understand that experience. But what I can do is do the work and listen to people who have experienced those things. And I can change the way that I do business down to making sure that the fonts that I have on my website are, are easy to read for someone who might have a, dis- a disability involving their eyesight. You know yes, what I mean? So Absolutely it can feel very overwhelming at first because it's like you, you notice all of these blind spots and once they're pointed out to you, you feel like, Oh my gosh, I have to do all of the things immediately. And so it it was really good to have you throughout the program say like, okay, let's slow down, take a step back, do what you can do today. Right. Do one thing today and you're still better off than you were yesterday. Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Oh my goodness. And again, like you said, financial trauma and financial education is like the core, like everyone deserves to be able to sustain their lives and excel mm-hmm. and to, to do it, whatever it is they need to do. And money is a tool that helps us do that. So um, it's a human right to have access to money. And I love that you're in this space creating uh, that access for, for everyone. So what is next for you? What is next for Shannon Keel? 
Oof, that's a great question. Uh, I, I plan on spending the majority of 2022 really just collaborating with as many other female entrepreneurs as possible. And so I, I don't know exactly what that looks like. I mean, obviously, I want to grow my business as much as I can. I'm going to continue to do a lot of one-on-one work because that's that's really where my passion is because I feel like there's so much magic that can happen inside of that very intimate container. And, you know, you've experienced that firsthand. It's, it's so, it's so, well, that's not what I was going to say, but thank you. (laughs) It it, it is Uh, honestly, like I can't rave enough. We'll definitely have all of the links to get to Shannon in the show notes, but I seriously not a paid actor here. (laughs) Can't say how much (laughs) and how important it is. Uh, to work with Shannon in her 52 week snapshot. It's amazing what you can do in a year. Like never in my life would I have thought possible the things that Shannon was able to bring to light in my life or financially um, until I was able to see it in print. And it's like, uh, hello, yeah, you can do that. Um, So sometimes we need that permission from someone else. And it's the same in the work that I do. We, I give permissions that people didn't think they needed. Um, you gave me that permission to see beyond uh, next month's budget or next week's budget, <laughs> um, my next Amazon purchase or whatever, <laughs> uh, without being restrictive, like, oh, I have to live this horribly tight life for the next 50 years in, in order for me to retire with, you know, a million dollars or whatever our, my goals are, or even setting goals. Like some of these things until we connected did not just seem possible for somebody who looked like me. Um, I am like just forever grateful for, for that. And uh, I look forward to what we collaborate on in 2022. And I'm so glad that I was able to have you um, on the show today to just share all of your, your greatness with us. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do and where you hang out? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I wish you guys could see my face right now because I'm on the verge of tears. I, I love anytime that I'm able to impact anybody on that level because it really is such an emotional, intimate process. Yes. And that's why I'm so passionate about doing this deep on one-on-one work because just like Keisha does, it's so important for me to create a safe space for people to, to experience that growth that I can see that they're capable of. Um, so if you want to find me, you can find me on my website. It's just my name, shannonmariekill.com. Uh, I spend some time on Facebook. So same thing, Shannon Marie Kill. And then I have a Facebook community called First Generation Wealth Builders, which is all around the idea of, you know, we, we the members of the group, were not given an inheritance. We didn't really have anything to start with, but we're going to make sure that the, the next generation can just have the baton passed to them instead of having to start from where we started from. So that's right. Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much again, Shannon, for being here. And thanks for being amazing. Um, <laughs> have a, 20, uh, a, a good 2022. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. Oh, of course we will. <laughs> Friends, if you're not already, go ahead and join the conversation inside the DE&I Lounge on Facebook and follow me on Instagram at Lakeisha underscore Angelique. See you on the inside.